Welcome to the Enchanted Ears Podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Disney. I'm Angela. And I'm Joan. On today's episode, we're talking everything Disney Cruise Line. So a little bit of history of the Disney Cruise Line and, and kind of what to anticipate if you've never been on a cruise like us, we've never been on one. So kind of what you can anticipate, kind of planning, everything you need to know. Yeah. And what's nice is we actually uh, interview in this podcast Becky from Castle Dreams Travel and also Disney in Your Day. And she is a travel agent. So she and she's been on a lot of different Disney cruises. So we get her expertise about the, sh- the various ships, kind of what's on them. And we just ask her a lot of questions that can kind of help you decide whether or not it is something that is for you. Yeah, so Becky will be joining us a little bit later in the show. Um, but before we get into that, let's cover the Disney news, which is a lot of Disney news this week with Destination D23 down in Orlando. Um, but earlier in the week, Disney had the virtual reveal for the Disney Treasure, which is their newest cruise ship that's going to be coming out in 2024. It's the sister ship to the Disney Wish. So a lot of this stuff is similar to what's on the Disney Wish, but some of the, the differences, some of the new things the Treasure will have, um, for instance, instead of the Frozen dinner show, they're having one based on Coco. And the treasure is actually going to be running a seven night itinerary. So you'll eat at the Coco restaurant over two nights, which I think this is interesting because since you're going to be eating at the same restaurant twice, there's a show instead of having the same show both nights, it's a continuation of the story. So part kind of, one and part yeah, two. Yeah, kind of be, a, I guess, a cliffhanger, you know, rolling into the second night. So I think that's a, a really cool thing that Disney does as a way to kind of like keep it fresh and then again, like tie that story. It is, it's, yeah, it's kind of like a, Here's the original and then here's the sequel coming after it. Yeah, I think that will be really cool and kind of keep it fresh and interesting. Also on the new cruise ship, there is going to be a lounge, a themed lounge based on the Jungle Cruise called Skipper Society and another one based on 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. So very, Which I think that's an interesting choice, 20,000 yeah, Leagues. Not Jungle I, Cruise, 20,000 yeah, Leagues. Yeah, Jungle Cruise makes sense. 20,000 Leagues again. I mean, definitely a Disney property. Um, definitely a ride over in Tokyo, uh, Disney Sea, but not one of their more popular things. So I, I it is an interesting. Well, it's a very choice. old movie. Yeah, it's, very, I mean, it's an older movie. But Walt, I, Walt worked on that. I mean, that tells you how old that movie is. I mean, I think that it has the potential because I think it is more of like a, oh, what is that called? It's almost like steampunky. Um, so it has this potential to actually be really cool looking. So I think that. The Imagineers are going to crush this one, well, I and I it, think it's going to be great. I guess, you know, it takes place on the water, the ship's on the water. They're like, hey, water, water, Jungle Cruise is water. We'll just make this all just water all theme. water theme. So, uh, yeah, so, so pretty exciting. They're also having one of the suites is going to be Epcot themed. They have these couple massive suites. So on the Wish, I believe one of them's Moana. Uh, but on the treasure there, they're going to have one kind of around Epcot. So that's cool, kind of bringing more like park attractions into the ships. All right, and then uh, later in the week, so we got Destination D23. We talked about last week kind of what were our dream announcements. Um, none of those got made. No. <laughs> those, you know, no surprise there. I think we even kind of talked about that, that we really weren't thinking um, any of those were going to get made. But if you missed that, go back and check out last week's episode to hear what our dream announcements dream announcements were about um but disney the the parks panel was the big panel you know i think there's a lot of press coming out of this and i think people mistook what disney was saying because you know last year at d23 there was a lot of press around dino lands going away and it's going to be moana themed it's going to be zootopia themed well at, at this event they released concept art for indiana jones and encanto going where dino land is yeah, so saying it was going to be like south america themed yeah south central america themed 
and again, it's still concept art. Like none of this is confirmed, and I see a lot of you know Disney related blogs and sites running with this. That now Encanto's going yeah, to now be. Encanto's coming. So I guess Encanto's not coming to the Magic Kingdom anymore. Which you know that whole thing with the villains land and Encanto past Big Thunder Mountain that was all Blue Sky concept art too. So I find it really interesting. I mean Disney's doing this again. You know, I imagine next year at the D twenty three event they'll have. Hey, maybe we could do um, Inside Out over at Animal Kingdom. Yeah. Like they're just going to keep picking these ideas out. Like I, I don't see any of this stuff happening. It does sound like those Utopia is going to be a show on the Tree of Life in the Tree of Life. Maybe in the it's a tough to be a bug theater. That one seemed a little bit more concrete, but still no real specific details. You know they they talked about even a Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, new restaurant coming, lounge, tavern area that's going to be an extension of Pirates of the Caribbean, which at first I was like, oh, wow, this sounds great. I wonder when this is happening. And then you kind of read more of the details and they say Imagineers are still developing this idea. And it's like, well, if it's still in development, that means they don't have anything concrete ready to go. So most of the announcements were basically just ideas it seems like again no no real dates for a lot of this stuff and as disney people you know if we we've, we've been doing this long enough and paying attention long enough to their news that we know that sometimes when they come up with these things that it sounds like they're going to do them they ended up they end up in the rubbish pile like you know the uh, ride over at avengers avengers campus it's changed how many times well, now yeah and we got a picture of a ride vehicle over there so again that it's there's a ride vehicle concept art for this ride, which I think it looks a lot like if you look at the ride vehicle, it looks a lot of like what Universal uses for the Spider-Man attraction, the Transformers attraction, yeah. which is not a trackless ride vehicle. And a lot of the uh, comments, because, you know, I happen to look on Instagram at their comments. All, a lot of the comments are like, your your competition got slammed for too much, uh, too many screens. And what are you doing trying to put in a screen? Yeah, it seems like that that's what it's going to be. Again, I don't know that that ride's even going to happen. Anyways, because y- you look at this and, I mean, I-, I was even thinking after all these announcements, like, what about the pandora attraction i was supposed to go into disneyland yeah like they announced that and then quietly have never mentioned that again so yeah i think you know if you're seeing a lot of this stuff of dino lands changing all this stuff's happening at walt disney world i would be very hesitant to believe any of that yeah kind of reading between the lines it's all concept it's all in design phase what does seem pretty certain that's going to happen um i think the update to test track because that's going to be a partnership with Chevy. And so it sounds right. like maybe Chevy is going to be extending or renewing their partnership, which that's what gets Disney to actually do something when somebody else <laughs> is paying for it. Absolutely. So that's going to be an update. You know, they talked about going back to kind of the original world of motion. I know Chevy's moving more into the electric vehicles. So I imagine they're going to want to kind of change it to maybe make themselves seem cooler, more futuristic type thing. So I think that update. Uh, kind of makes a lot of sense. We did get a name for the new Epcot uh, nighttime show, which we know that's happening. So that's um, definitely coming. They said that will be later this year. And that's Luminous. Yeah, Luminous, the Symphony of Us. Uh, no drone announcement, though. Again, we want drones, Disney. Uh, yeah. But they talked about, I think they said barges. It does look like they've been installing barges. So it seems like they'll have some water screens and stuff. So we Hopefully not we like the that. old ones. <laughs> yeah, they definitely don't look as big. Um, so, so we will have that. The Moana attraction, the journey of water, not attraction, I guess, walkthrough, uh, you know, attraction like that's going to be opening in October. So we got a, an opening date for that. And then this figment meet and greet, 
uh, is now happening at Epcot. When I heard they were doing Figment, I thought this was going to be like the old Figment Dreamfinder thing where it was Dreamfinder and Figment was like actual size. It is a person-sized Figment. And you talked about this. I was going to say, let's rewind the tapes here to talk about how Figment's freaky. Yes. Now, let's go ahead. I'm go 100% ahead. with you. I don't want a giant five to six foot tall Figment. I don't like this. I, a lot of people seem very excited about this, though. I'm not one of them. I thought it was going to be a regular size Figment. They've done this before with you know, a puppet having Figment be kind of the size he is on the ride. I, I don't like this. That's not Figment. It's it's odd to have Figment be that big. So well, okay. I was very excited for the meet and greet, but now not so much. Let me let me play the devil's advocate here. So Figment is, you know, a character that we typically think of as being smaller, but how many I mean, do you think Chip and Dale being chipmunks are as big as they are in the parks? No, and and I get that. I mean, those characters you're right are definitely um not to scale. But <laughs> what if they were? What if your yeah. meet and greet was with just like a tiny little... I think that would be insane. I, they okay. did some sort of like animatronic uh, chipmunks. Now, I, I, I do get that. And I think, you know, Disney yeah has a history of that. But Figment just looks odd at those proportions. Him being that big, like Chip and Dale, they kind of look cute and cuddly. Figment just looks very strange no. being okay. that big. And I, I, okay, now going back. So the argument here for me is that Figment, because he has sharp features and things, when he's small, he's less imposing. Yeah. And when he looks big like that, suddenly you start to look at him and be like... Is he friendly? And I'm just saying they've done it. They've done it before. So I'm just, I'm kind of surprised by that. And the other thing is the Hatbox Ghost, which I thought was happening (laughs) a month ago. Whenever they they removed the Donald chair. Yeah. When they were doing the refurbishment, they announced he's coming in November. And so it's like, what is Disney doing? It's going to take them months to put a Hatbox Ghost in. So I think that's the other thing too, of even if they did announce for certain, hey, Dinoland's going away, which again, they did not. It's taking them two or three months to put a Hatbox ghost animatronic into a ride. Imagine how long it's going to take for them to... Which is something they already have. It's already in existence. So they're not creating the technology. They're copying the technology. So how long would it actually take them to redo this land? So I, I think, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, again, we kind of talked about this last week. We weren't really expecting any huge major announcements. I don't think we got that. I think we got some interesting things if they come to light. I almost think at the end of the day, Disney needs to kind of take a page from Universal and just not announce stuff until it's almost being built. I mean, Universal does this all the time. I think they built Velocicoaster and like a week before they're like, oh, hey, by the way, we built a new roller coaster. And everybody's like, well, no, duh, we saw you building it. <laughs> but like they will not acknowledge anything um, until it's basically open and named. So we know Epic Universe is happening and we know Nintendo, we know um, Universal Monsters, we know a lot of lands, but I'm not even sure how much universal's actually confirmed that like nintendo's gonna be there so disney kind of maybe needs to take a page out of this because it's it's getting a little frustrating them just randomly announcing all this stuff and none of it ever happened right i was gonna say it actually creates an interesting different kind of hype machine because you know whenever you go on we watch a lot of youtube videos and there are youtubers that spend a lot of time picking apart getting like aerial images and oh, things people get over, hyped about universal, yeah, universal yeah. and saying oh this is what they're doing this what it, this is what it looks like these are what the plans seem like that they are and so they're really speculating so universal lets them do all the speculating whereas disney does the speculating themselves but then lets yeah. like everybody down it's kind of it's like a parent saying like we're gonna go get ice cream and then they'll be like oh sorry we're too busy and then the kids are left in the car crying like i want ice cream yeah. and i'm sure universal cancels a lot of stuff too just like disney like i don't know i'm sure yeah they have a lot of ideas 
Um, but yeah, you're right. We don't know about that. So it's never a letdown. You're always excited. Like, oh, what's it going to be? What's it going to be? And I'm sure things change along the way. And if you don't have like crazy concept art out, then you can't, you know, people can't compare and be like, well, we didn't get this, this or this. Whereas yeah, Disney is just constantly throwing this stuff out. I think just to kind of keep people interested because they have these D23 events. They have these events. They have to say something, you know, Universal doesn't have yeah. something like that, but I mean, yeah, it's do. just... They did say other stuff. I mean, like D23, they did have like historical panels and things that were very oh, interesting yeah, yeah. about like different Marvel characters. and. Um, but yeah, but like looking history. forward to the parks and yeah, stuff. I but, mean, that's what people... But the looking that's forward what they go portions for. were yeah. definitely the, disappointing. The, those are always the, the big panels there. So. Right. All right. So moving into our main topic. So we're going to do a little history of Disney Cruise Lines here just to kind of give a little bit of a background. And we'll be having Becky from Disney In Your Day and Castle Dreams Travel uh, join us a little bit later. And if you are interested in booking a Disney cruise, um, you know we've mentioned Becky before. And uh, she is our official travel partner here. So if you're looking for a travel agent and you're looking to book a Disney cruise, um, be sure to reach out to Becky. Her email is beckyg at castledreamstravel.com. Let her know you heard her on Enchanted Ears podcast. We will put a uh, link and all her information in the description as well. So um, just for anybody who's maybe not super familiar with Disney Cruise Line. So uh, Disney Cruise Line started in kind of 1985. So it wasn't necessarily Disney Cruise Lines, but uh, Premier Cruise Line licensed... Is this still a like a, a line that still exists? Premier Cruise Line? I don't so, feel yeah, like Yeah, so I, I don't think it is, but they licensed the Disney characters on their ships. That partnership ended in 1993 um, when Premier moved to Warner Brothers and Universal Studios characters. Disney was going to go to Carnival and Royal Caribbean, um, but it didn't work out, so they just decided to start their own cruise line instead. So they, they were still looking to partner with other cruise lines, um, but for whatever reason, that deal fell through. So they decided to go their own cruise lines. And so Disney Cruise Line was officially founded in 1995. And then the first cruise ship didn't come online until 1998. So that was the magic. Uh, and then the Disney Wonder was the second one that came on in 1999. And Disney has done this, um, you know, kind of throughout their history where they, they basically order and build two ships. So they kind of have sister ships as they do this. So there's five ships total. Then when the treasure comes online next year, that'll be the sixth one. So you have the magic and wonder. The dream and fantasy, and then you're gonna have the wish and treasure. And then we also, you know, speaking of kind of destination D23, they talked about the Disney Adventure, which is gonna be the seventh cruise ship. So they, they announced that name. And what's interesting about that one is that's not one that they built. So that's one that actually was they purchased. So oh. somebody had built that ship. It's like it's it's a huge cruise line. It's like the biggest ship they're gonna have in their fleet. It's I think one of the biggest ships ever built. It's going to sail out of Singapore because it was built for that market. I, I guess the company that was building it went bankrupt. So Disney bought this ship for like pennies on the dollar and they're going to, to finish it. So I was going to say, so it is partially built. It is not fully built. It, it's built. It's not like finished out. So they're going to do that. What's interesting is that one has a or it was designed to have a casino on it. And so there's you know some speculation, will Disney keep the casino, won't they? Um, because none of the Disney ships, and, and Becky even talks about this, um, none of the ships have casinos on them, like a lot of cruise ships do. Um, but that one may just because it, it's built so big. And I think it's like, you know, if a normal you know Disney cruise has a few thousand people on it, I think that's things built for like 10,000 people. It, it, it is a, a massive, massive ship. So I'm going to speculate right here because why not? Um I feel like keeping with their theme, they could make it like a giant arcade instead. 
so they can put in a bunch of games so they that's can put family disney friendly. quest make it a disney yeah, quest. like almost like a disney quest like i mean i think that this is a really good fit for that a much more appropriate fit because it's a you know you, you need stuff to do when you're on a cruise ship and it's still family friendly so it doesn't break their no casinos rule and i don't think i'm sorry like i don't think there needs to be a casino on a disney cruise line i think that that's a good yeah thing. i mean what's going to be interesting with that one is because they did not design the ship so they're going to have to retrofit yeah, a lot ret- of things. yeah retrofit their design so it'll be interesting to see do they yeah do they come up with something that is completely different than all of the other ships or are they still able to kind of piece their stuff in there and i do think it'll be interesting of you know with that of do they just take what works from the other ships or are there going to be completely new restaurants like we talked about like there's like a cocoa restaurant and things like do they come up with you know completely new ideas or not so so we'll see on that so once that one comes online they'll have seven ships um, so that's kind of like the only one without a sister ship, um, and that's that's why there. What I found interesting in kind of researching this, when the Magic you know first came online, it actually had yellow lifeboats on it, and all of the the Disney ships have these yellow lifeboats. They're very much, um, at least the early ones, were in the color of like Mickey Mouse, the the first couple, kind of that that color scheme. So they had yellow lifeboats, but it actually. Lifeboats on ships are supposed to be orange, so Disney had to get a waiver of international maritime rules to make their lifeboats yellow, which is, I think is just incredible. This is a crazy concept that Disney was able to obtain, like special waiver, so that they could have a different color lifeboat. But I'm wondering, I mean... I it feel just like goes to show how... Influential they are. And attention to detail. Like I feel yeah. like most people would just be like, oh, they have to be orange, okay. And they're like, well, orange doesn't go with the whole kind of like Mickey Mouse color scheme we're going for. We need to do yellow. And it just like... <laughs> like the, the hoops they probably had to jump through and the amount of time they spent getting this waiver to do this was probably incredible. Again, just to make it to your point, like aesthetically pleasing in their color scheme. Just amazing. All right. And the last thing I want to mention, and this is kind of a, a cool detail is that for each ship, they have um, a character or a person kind of christen the ship and they become basically the ship's fairy godmother. So the first ship, the magic had Patty Disney, uh, who was the first wife of Roy Disney, which was Walt's nephew. So not his brother, but Roy E. Disney, um, Walt's nephew. So she was the first fairy godmother. The Wonder had Tinkerbell. The Fantasy had Mariah Carey. Okay. And the Dream had Jennifer Hudson. Okay, so we have to pause here because it's just, it is mind-blowing to me that there was literally like a real person, real person, fictional character, real person. Like... We are really blending everything together here when we have Tinkerbell. We throw Tinkerbell into the mix, basically. Yeah. Yeah, you had Tinkerbell in there. I think it's interesting, too, that you had like a, a Disney, somebody from the Disney family as the first one, and then they kind of went with like celebrity after yeah. that. So so the Wonder had Tinkerbell. Those were the first two ships. Um, but then the Fantasy and the Dream, you got like celebrities there. You got Mariah Carey, Jennifer Hudson. Um, so again, I think as Disney grew, they're like, hey, we kind of need some bigger names. What I think is really nice, the Wish actually had godchildren. So they actually dedicated the Wish to all of the Make-A-Wish children. So that's the only one that doesn't have a fairy godmother because they have all the godchildren of the Make-A-Wish children, which I think is is a really like nice touch there. I can't comment right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's a really cool thing, I, I think, yeah, that they did there. That's so sweet. So and then so we'll we'll see who um will be uh for the treasure because I'm sure they'll have someone as well. So. I hope 
I hope that's the first Godfather, and I hope it's Captain Jack Sparrow. It's perfect. That would be perfect. Yep. I mean, th- I will say, I mean, that one is kind of, yeah, Peter Pan, um, Peter Pan and like Captain Hook are like the imagery on it. So it is kind of pirate themed. Yeah. Um, so potentially, yeah, you could could go that way. Right. And then one other thing I want to mention um, before we bring Becky on, because we, we didn't talk about this when we talked about her, but after we were finished recording, we brought this up. But there's this thing called fish extenders. If you go on a Disney cruise line and uh, our, our friends were talking about this and I thought they were like, uh, like auto correcting wish, like wish extenders, but there, there is a thing called fish extenders. And um, what it is, if you're interested, you can kind of look it up more if you're going on a cruise. But basically, if you're in like a Facebook group, you get in a group basically you put something on your door and everybody kind of buys little gifts. So you get in like a group that you, you then everybody buys gifts for each other and you kind of just like leave little presents um, for the, the people in your group on the doors, but it's called fish extenders. It's a real thing. We kind of thought it was like some sort of made up thing. Yeah. They also, I think, from the older ships, they were actually like the doors they were like, like fish. fish. Yeah, so you had yeah, them off so of that. that it was called a fish extender because yeah. you were making the fish. Bigger. It's almost like you put a stocking out there and yeah. you get like presents every day you're on your cruise. So yeah, we, we we talked about that after we finished recording, but I did want to mention that because I think that's a, a cool tidbit and something that if you're new to a Disney cruise line, you would not know about. But I think right. it's a really cool thing to do. So if you are going on a cruise and you're interested. Like, Hop on a Facebook group, yeah, see, yeah, find like Facebook find group. your voyage. Look and for then, fish extenders and yeah. and um and then you can find it. So without further ado, let's bring Becky on to talk more about what it is like to be on a Disney cruise. All right, Becky, welcome back to the show. Thanks so much. I'm glad to be here. So you have been on the Disney Dream, Magic, Wonder, and Wish. So uh, most of the cruise ships here, I guess, could you maybe give kind of like a brief overview, maybe which one's your favorite, some of the highlights uh, of the different ships? Sure. Uh, it's hard to pick a favorite, of course, because <laughs> they all have, you know, pros and cons. But basically to start, the the Magic and the Wonder are the two original ships, and those are sister ships. So they're the same size and basically the same layout. They have a lot of similarities. I really enjoyed the Wonder partly because they've done some updates and refurbs in the past, I don't know, five or so years to differentiate them a little bit more. So they added more different theming. So um, the Wonder got a Tiana-themed restaurant, and the Magic got a uh, Rapunzel-themed restaurant. So I, um, I love Princess and the Frog, I thought that restaurant was really great. They had like a jazz band playing and an actress as Tiana that sang and walked around and met with, with people. And that was really, really cool. I mean, the Tangled restaurant was great too. Uh, but there were some like theming elements that I really liked on the wonder between those two ships. But then you have the dream and the fantasy and the fantasy is the only one I haven't been on. And they're a little bit larger. Uh, the dream was the first one I ever did. So that was kind of my point of comparison for everything else. I really like the dream. I think it's a good, like, in the, you know, it's in the middle, right? So it's not too big, not too small. That's the one thing. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, you're kind of starting yeah, right in the middle. Yeah, there. So you yeah. kind of like go up from there. And a lot of them have, you know, a lot of, of similarities between all of them. They all have three main dining rooms that you rotate between that are included. And then 
one or two sometimes extra charge fancier restaurants. They all have, you know, the big stage performance area, but they have shows that are unique to that ship. Uh, so one has like a little mermaid show. One has a tangled show. One has a, I don't know. They change them sometimes too. So I'm not sure what's on right now, but they, I, I think one's beauty and the beast. So kind of like very similar styles, but then they change things to make them unique. Um, none of the, if you, have you been on other cruise lines? I have uh, not, no. I have only been on a carnival cruise when I was in eighth grade. <laughs> so. Okay. So this is probably not relevant to your eighth grade self, but for anybody who has been on other cruises, but not Disney and wondering like how it's different. One of, one of the biggest things that's different about Disney is they don't have a casino on board. Uh, they want to keep things, you know, family friendly as much as possible. And so uh, that's often a fairly big deal on other cruise lines is the casino. And it's a, you know, love or hate it sort of thing for people. Uh, but you won't, you won't have that on a Disney cruise. They have much more that is, is family oriented, I would say. And then uh, just going back to the differences between the ships, of course, and the Wish, the newest one, is the biggest. That's what I was going to ask. You know, what what was that like being on that ship? Because that is the largest ship they've ever built. I think the Treasure will be the same size as that. Yeah, kind of yeah so class, they, they've so. kind of been building them in pairs, sister right. ships. So, yeah, so the Treasure will be the sister to the Wish. Uh, I I loved the Wish. I thought it was gorgeous. I thought the detailing was fantastic. I think some people that were really diehard dedicated to like the original four ships that they knew had issues where they, it wasn't the same as mm -hmm. okay. and sometimes bigger. Some people like bigger, you have more options, but it does mean there's more people, you know, you're, it's more crowded. And if you're used to being on the magic, which is much smaller, it's a different feel, I would say. Hmm. That's what? interesting. And I really didn't consider that. Mm -hmm. when coming into this because i don't know to me a cruise ship a cruise ship is a cruise ship and then i'm like over here thinking like what's their size in comparison to the titanic so... <laughs> great cruise ship comparison definitely oh, what you yeah. think of when you're cruising <laughs> hopefully there's nothing i mean i know that they have different regulations now because of the titanic so i think we're gonna be okay but still yes i think yeah. i think you'll be good with disney <laughs> yeah so I guess, like you mentioned, the wish is larger. I mean, what? How does that feel? Like, like in terms of like number of people, is it you know twice as many people, three times as many people? Um, and just kind of from your perspective, like, did it feel that much more crowded to you, or um, like Disney World on a crowded day, Disney World over Thanksgiving? <laughs> you know, I, I would say to me, it didn't feel. I wouldn't say it feels twice as crowded or anything like that, even though okay. I, I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but I, I want to say that it probably is close to double. I could just be making that up, but it's definitely okay. significantly larger. Um, that, that being said, the ship itself is larger, right? You have more people, but you have more space to hold those people. Mm -hmm. So for the most part, I didn't find it too bad. There are certain things where, you know, there's lots of things happening at the same time, or you have a sh like the shows happen twice during the night. So you can go at 630 or you can go at eight o'clock. 
So stuff is spread out. That being said, there are certain things that happen that like everybody wants to do. And that can feel really overwhelming. Typically the day that you leave, there's like a sailing away deck party where they have like a DJ and Mickey's dancing and, and whatever else is going on and around the pool. And everybody is on the deck for that. And like, that can be a little bit overwhelming. Oh my gosh. We that sounds great. That. <laughs> it's super cute. We'll like walk by it and be there for five minutes. And then we're like, all right, we have to go to the, uh, just too many people. Yeah. Right? yeah. yeah. <laughs> sounds great in theory. Let's just say in theory. Yes, exactly. Uh, so the, the, the pool, especially I know is a point of contention for getting overcrowded. Uh, the, the deck itself, like even more than the pool, I would say people, you know, want to claim deck chairs and put their stuff there. And then other people have nowhere to sit. And uh, that can be a little bit of an issue. I will say like for you two, one of the nice things is Disney does have adult only areas. There's an adult only pool. So like, I don't even really bother going by the main pool. Okay. Uh, obviously if you have kids, yeah. it's not, <laughs> that's not an option, but yeah, right. it is nice it. to, to know that there is, adult only areas as well aren't there like kids clubs too that you can kind of i don't want to say dump your kids off at but like take your kids there so then you could technically then utilize the adult only pool uh the kids clubs are amazing on the wish like i i don't have kids so i don't know the experience for them but they offer like certain times where adults can tour the kids clubs just to see them and like there were lines for that because all the adults wanted to see it because it was so cool. <laughs> the Wish has the um, uh, Avengers kids area or teen area, right? Is that the one with the slide in it, I think? Yeah. Oh, they have a slide down to their kids area. That's a different one, I think, separate from there's a Marvel area. There's a Star Wars one. They're just, they're so well themed. They're so fun for kids. Yeah, I remember wow. seeing that when they announced the ship. Um, some of that coming out. You you mentioned um, like there's shows and there's like two shows a night and things like that. I'm I'm curious with kind of going with the crowds. Is it an issue that you won't be able to get into a show, or do they have enough seating that kind of everybody that wants to go can go? Theoretically, they have enough seating. You probably want to get there early ish for decent seats, but I've never like had an issue okay. of seeing anybody not able to sit at all there's some you know not great seats but at, or especially if you are a, a family with you know four plus people if you want to sit together then oh, that can be harder if you wait till like 10 or 15 minutes before the show i was gonna say so when you say early-ish like a half an hour before yeah i would think like half an hour i to me, it didn't matter that much, and there were only two of us, so I would we would be there like fifteen minutes beforehand, and it was okay. Just- okay, yeah, that that's good because it's mm-hmm. that's why I'm curious, like how much of it is, you know, obviously there's not assigned seating or anything, so it's like how much of it is planned, how much of it is like, do you have to kind of wait for things? So yeah, like, how early is early? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you know, with with all the ships and as as the cruise line as they've added more ships, they've spread out to. Um, different itineraries so they get, leave out of different ports so with you being on different ships you've kind of experienced a lot of them um, I know you've done some of the Bahamas Alaska things like that um, and obviously so there's with that comes you know different days summer three days summer I think up to a week you know any any kind of like insight or advice on 
either, you know, picking a port or picking kind of a length of, of a trip? Like, is that matter more or does the, what ship you're taking matter more? Um, I, I think it really depends on how, how interested you are in the destination for many people, often myself included, the cruise itself is the vacation and it doesn't really matter where we're going for the most part, okay. <laughs> uh, especially for like the three and four night cruises, I would say, because you're usually only stopping once or twice and they're usually stopping in the similar like Bahamas, their private island, Castaway Key. Uh, usually they'll tack on Nassau Bahamas as the other stop. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so like we've been like, cause we've done other cruise lines as well. So we've stopped in Nassau like five times now on various cruises. <laughs> so like we don't need to, to get off the ship, but if for the wish now I had a unique experience on the wish with our itinerary because we were rerouted, but we were originally supposed to go to Nassau and Castaway Key and we chose that itinerary just it's the only itinerary the wish does and to me it was more important to experience the wish and it didn't matter where it was going if you don't really care about the location kind of pick the ship Mm -hmm. maybe maybe go with the the newer ship if you're really interested in the wish but otherwise kind of look at the different locations the other thing i would say is to be aware that the ships do kind of stick to their specific itineraries they'll switch it up once in a while, but like the wish is only doing the Bahamas itinerary. And okay. uh, the wonder is the only ship that does the Alaska itinerary. So like, if you want to go to Alaska, you have to be on the wonder. There's not going to be mm. options. <laughs> the wish is also not doing more than three or four night sailings as of right now. So they're not doing like seven night sailings. Do want to ask you about your Alaskan cruise because I, I think that sounds pretty incredible. But yes, it you, does. you were um, talking about the wish and your itinerary got changed. <laughs> so um, I think there was what either like a bad storm or weather, so they rerouted you. So like how yeah, how what, did that what work? happened? How how did that work? Yeah, so we sailed on the wish on uh, early November of last year. So I think we left on like November sixth, some somewhere around there. So it should have been like probably past hurricane season, but uh, there was a tropical storm hurricane that was coming and they announced literally last minute we were in the port sitting waiting to board the ship and they came around and handed us a letter that said we're not going to the Bahamas we're going to Mexico <laughs> oh wow yeah uh, and because Mexico is a little bit further uh, we only had one port day so we ended up with like two full days at sea one full port day and then our arrival and departure days so where in mexico did you go uh we were in costa maya i can't uh, this is terrible right because i took two i took a, a another cruise that went to mexico and i i hate to say but like um and it was so unexpected that let me double check here Cozumel was with the wish. Sorry. I went to Costa Maya on a Virgin Voyages cruise. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, in Nassau, just out of curiosity, no, you know, not, not for my own personal gain or anything. Is there really anything to do too much like in the port? Because we, we did our honeymoon in Nassau and we did travel down like toward the port area. And it just seemed like it was a lot of like shop 
campy stuff, but you'd have to go to the resorts to really maybe do anything. Yeah, that's about how it is in NASA. I would say, I mean, Disney offers shore excursions that they call them port adventures with Disney. And so you can book something through them that is more of an experience depending, but you know, honestly, compared to other ports, the, the things in NASA aren't very different. Like it's snorkeling, it's um, dolphin experiences, but they actually do take you to uh, the Atlantis resort for that. Uh, there's a lot. I don't know if you're familiar with that in NASA, but the, uh, yeah, the Atlantis mm-hmm. resort is pretty much if people get off this ship in NASA, they're going to Atlantis. And I know that like that particular excursion was, isn't that, a, it's like a couple hundred dollars to do it. It's expensive to go over to, um, Atlantis. Cause we looked, yeah, I'm not it. sure if I was going to spend the money on a dolphin experience at some point, I'm not sure I would choose Atlantis to do it. So I guess kind of going back to your Alaskan cruise. So how, how was that one? Cause that seems like that would just be like a phenomenal place to go. Amazing. Alaska was amazing. It was so great. Um, for Disney, they sail out of Vancouver. So we flew into Canada and left from Vancouver. And that was the, the one cruise where even though it was, it was a seven night sailing and we said we have to get a balcony for this one because we've done like inside staterooms. We did ocean view, but we did, we actually got something on that one that I thought was perfect for Alaska. They have, um, they call them navigators veranda. So instead of it just being kind of like an open balcony, it's kind of closed in, but there's a big open, like large porthole. It's hard to describe, but it was nice because it is cooler in Alaska. So it wasn't like completely open. So I really liked that. And it was, it was gorgeous. Like that was the one cruise where it was more about the destinations than the ship. Although it was nice that we did get to spend a lot of time on the ship as well. Oh, so how how many stops, how many port stops were on that one over seven days? We did, we had three ports that we stopped in and then there's another day I think it was like the fourth day we were on the ship that it's not a stop but they kind of um advertise it as location because you very slowly go through like a a glacier area so it's more like instead of a lot of activities happening on the ship everyone is pretty much up on deck and they have you know announce like people kind of narrating what you're seeing and giving you information about the area and um so you spend a good portion of the day kind of just watching and learning about the glaciers. So since the Wish excursion, or not excursions, the Wish, it does very short trips. Um, what are some of the must-dos for a short trip? Because you're obviously not going to be able to do everything. I would say for a short trip, I, I mean, I always want to start by talking about food. So Yes. <laughs> um, yes. I love it. <laughs> so I I, I mentioned earlier (laughs) that all of the ships have three main restaurants and they rotate you between them so for a three night cruise you'll go to each of them once so I would suggest not booking anything extra you can they do have like the signature restaurants that you can 
do one night instead that you would pay a little extra money for, but I wouldn't, if you're, it's your first time, like I would just experience what's included because they were all really great in their own way. The wish has, um, the 1923, which is like the Waltz restaurant, but it's Mm -hmm. got, um, kind of the history of, of Disney animation. There's a ton of like sketches and stuff decorating the restaurant. Then they have the, um, the world of Marvel, which is a very cool kind of interactive dinner show in a way that's a little tricky to describe, but it is very fun. <laughs> and then the third one is um, Frozen, Arendelle, and they do a show with that. And I kind of was thinking oh is it just gonna be you know a like a little retelling of frozen or are they just gonna have like Anna and Elsa come out and sing the songs and it was not completely that and it was much better than I actually thought it would be and that was really great too we love that one so oh wow that sounds awesome and now all those they're they're all dinners correct so you're kind of rotating through for dinner mm-hmm. yeah and they give you a lot of food on cruises <laughs> so you can get like the appetizer soup and salad if you want entree dessert and then they'll like try to push you to get two desserts you're like i literally can't eat anything else oh wow oh no you gotta get two desserts becky come on we did well there's one our server was amazing that's the other thing too is the people working on the cruise ships are just it is the best like cast members in disney world are amazing and the cruise ships are even above that it's just Wow. They get to know you so well, even like throughout. And the nice thing is when, when you have your dining rotation, your server rotates restaurants with you. So you have the same server each night in the restaurants. Do they um, assign you like what order you eat in? Like I assume everybody doesn't eat at the same restaurant. Like they kind of stagger it. Yep. So when you get there, you get like your, they might be changing it now, but they, there's the key to the world card and it has your dining rotation on it when you get there. So anything else, like any yeah. shows or yeah, anything besides else food, besides yeah. food? Although I love the food. Yes. So the shows are usually, I think they're probably all worth seeing. We had on the wish we had, gosh, I forget what the first one it was called, but it's kind of like a more generic Disney inspired show with, uh, songs from all different music uh, of the movies and then there was Aladdin and the Little Mermaid so I would say probably the the first one was my favorite with all of the different Disney songs and characters coming out at different points um, and then Aladdin was really good and Little Mermaid was good but it wasn't my favorite is the um is the schedule I, I guess for all of these is that kind of on the the card you get initially like when all the different shows are or I know there's like a Disney Cruise Line app like how how do you find all that I was gonna say so they've kind of migrated towards using the app now they used to there used to be like a, a physical piece of paper that you would get every day that listed like all of the events and the Okay. Um, show times and everything and now it's it's mostly on the app I think you can still get like a piece of paper on board if you ask for it but it's not just like handed out and it's also they don't 
it's not something we're, we're so used to planning everything as Disney people. And that's one of the things that they don't give you like ahead of time. You can see it. You can see certain things earlier on the app, but it's not until you actually get on the ship that you get like the full schedule. Um, that being said, they don't vary too much cruise to cruise. So you can usually find recent like screenshots of the app that people share um, on Facebook groups or there's a, a the Disney Cruise Line blog is really a really good resource for that stuff. So if you want to get an idea of what you might be looking at day to day, because there are a lot of aside from yeah, what's going that's, that's, that's a good tip. Yeah, aside from the just the the big things like the shows and the restaurants, there's a ton of little things happening throughout the day, like five things happening at once, and so you can kind of plan where you want to go and what you want to do. Most of them are included. There's a couple of things that are extra. Um, I'm a big fan of trivia. They do a lot of different trivia games on the cruise, most of which are Disney themed. <laughs> different types of Disney trivia. There was like a Disney music trivia where they play a short clip from a song and you have to like write down the name of the song. There was a theme parks trivia one. There's all sorts of different things. Um, we kind of got the side eye after we went to three trivias in a row and won all of them so then we're like maybe we stopped going to trivia for a little bit <laughs> you gotta go dominate it's yeah. fine <laughs> yeah that's um that's good to know there's a lot of little stuff and um you know i guess that, that kind of you know leads us into if you're you're planning a cruise maybe um kind of your point like that's good to know you know you're used to planning you know for us we've not been on a cruise we're used to planning going to walt disney world you can book everything out far in advance so that is something that's different that you're not going to see a schedule until kind of you're on the cruise for everything there are a couple of things that you can book ahead of time which are good to know about you know you can book your your port adventures ahead of time that's certain ones will occasionally fill up but i've not really seen that to be a problem there are a few things that are particularly popular a lot of people like to rent the cabanas on their private island on Castaway Key, and those sell out like instantly. I don't really have like that's not really where I'm spending my money, so I've never tried to get them. But I know for some people, like that's a big uh, thing that they need to book as soon as their window opens to do that. You can also book I what they call them like beverage seminars, which. They have all sorts of different ones and they're actually very interesting if you're if you're interested in they have like a wine one, a beer one, a champagne tasting, a whiskey tasting. And it's not just like, oh, here's some stuff to try. It's it's educational, which I really enjoy. Um, they're the most popular of those. They offer um, mixology and that's where they actually like teach you to make cocktails and you like make little cocktails yourself and they like teach you about the best ways to like mix things together and what works and what doesn't. Um, so those are really interesting. Um, I will say again, that's the sort of stuff that can fill up very quickly. I, I ended up being so busy at the time that our window opened for the wish that I forgot about my own. I was so busy planning everybody else's trips that I forgot it was my time to book something. And it was like two days later and I went on and everything was booked. Um, that being said, you don't pay at the time of booking. So people cancel stuff all the time. Like 
day of. So if you keep checking the app, stuff will pop up even while you're there. You mentioned the like the booking window. What is that? Is that 60 days before, 90 days before? Kind of how does that work? No, it's nice and complicated um, because it's not just based on <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> It's not just based on I like, like the X little too. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. Here we go. <laughs> it's based on your um, your Castaway Club ranking with them. So that's how many cruises you've done with Disney. Uh, okay. So okay. your first Disney cruise, you're going to be the last ones to book anything. <laughs> uh, and they have basically a hierarchy. Yeah. <laughs> So once you've done one cruise, you'll be a silver member and then you'll be able to uh, book slightly sooner, but not sooner than the gold or platinum and recently introduced pearl levels. I guess so if if you're doing your first cruise, you're, you know, the low man on the totem pole, you're, you're bottom rung here. What roughly what is your your window, I guess, on that? Is that how many days out? Um, I think... It's somewhere around 90. I, I can't remember if first timers are 90 days or if that's silver, but it's somewhere around there. So so that's something to keep in mind, like, you know, time wise, if you're planning on booking, you know, you want to at least book your cruise, hey, 90 days out so that you don't kind of miss that miss window, window or anything. Yeah. I mean, the other thing I will say is those things are very cool, but even if you don't get to book anything, you're, you're still going to have so many experiences. And I think that's why it kind of works for first time cruisers because you haven't done anything that Disney Cruise Line offers. So there's still so much to do. Yeah. It's all going to be new. So like, you're not going to have a bad time because everything's new to you. I guess kind of continuing, you know, with um, planning, what are some things like people should have ready when you're, when you're booking, like kind of what's the checklist of what do you need to have in mind, you know, in terms of, in terms of booking? Sure. So with any Disney trip or any vacation in general, I think it's usually best to start with what time of year are you looking to go? And that ties in pretty closely with what's your budget for this, because cruising especially just varies in price a lot depending on when you're going so summer cruises are like going in july is going to be like twice as much as going in september there's reasons for that uh, aside from just you know kids being back in school um you know because you're going into hurricane season and cruise ships in particular are going to be affected by that so you are taking a risk so i would think about those things and then kind of as we spoke about earlier is the destination more important to you or is being on a certain ship more important? Because, you know, I've had people that say, well, I want to do a four night or sorry, a seven night Caribbean sailing on the wish. And I'm like, well, the wish only does three and four night Bahama sailing. So that's not like, I can't do that. (laughs) Actually, you know what? That's a perfect opportunity for an upsell for you. You just say book a three and a four (laughs) night. And now you have created your own seven night. You're welcome. (laughs) A lot of people do that. They, uh, a lot of people do, well, not a lot, but there's enough people that it's a thing that they do uh, back-to-backs. It's funny because they still have to get off the ship and everything because they got to unload everybody in the night and then they get back on them. And, and I know, you know, a lot of people, um, because you can pick which room you want to book. So, I mean, there's there's some logic there too of 
what floor do you want to be on front of ship back of ship like what what have you found kind of works best i guess what kind of what are the pros and cons of some of the different areas yeah so with the wish in particular i think people really like being near the stairs or the elevators because it can be a very long walk with the the larger ship if you're kind of like in the middle of where there's stairs you're just walking down like a lot of hallway before you can even get to anything else so i know that uh locations near the stairs or elevators are often an important thing um some people have preferences of floors particularly if they're concerned about noise. I've never had a problem in that regard, but some people are like, I don't want to be, you know, right above the restaurant or below the pool deck or whatever it is. I don't have a strong preference for where on the ship because there's stuff everywhere. So it's like, if I'm on one end, I'm like, oh, this is great. Like I'm right near the theater and the spa and this. And then I'm like, oh, but it's a really long walk down to like, the buffet for breakfast but it's just it is what it is (laughs) that's actually really good though because then you're like okay like i gotta walk a long way to eat a lot and then i have to walk a long way back that's my strategy and one thing that we love is the um they have the spa there but like i'm not usually a big spa person like to get treatments done but they have something called the rainforest room which is kind of just like saunas and and you can get a day pass for it or you can get actually the wish may only do like cruise length passes but you can go in whenever you want and their facilities are amazing there's like two hot tubs there that you can only use if you've got the the pass there's these amazing heated lounge chairs and you just like read a book there wait this exists yes wait why don't we have a heated lounge chair for our house i know that's what i were like i was like how do we get one can we install them please (laughs) yes absolutely so that's maybe another thing to prioritize if you're on a a short trip yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) and then i guess this is probably more you know specifically like if you're taking the wish or if you're leaving out of um out of florida but you know, Disney offers transportation, I think, either from the airport or to and from if you're staying at like a resort before and after. So I guess, like, do, do you recommend to try to leverage Disney transportation or what have you found is maybe like kind of the best way? Like many things with Disney, it can be often, I will say often cheaper, you know, in, in the way that even doing like now Mir's shuttle is cheaper than getting like an Uber or something like that or renting a car, but you are at the mercy of buses and other people and stopping at a bunch of resorts or waiting at the airport for however long. I've only done it once with Disney transportation and it was fine. We weren't in a rush or anything, but I will say that I know my cruise coming back after the wish people that were going to Disney. Now we also had an interesting experience when we returned to port because the port was still closed from the uh, tropical storm and they hadn't cleared it for like safety yet. And so none of the cruise ships could dock. So we were supposed to, yeah, we were supposed to get off the ship at, you could normally get off like as early as 7am And they want everybody off by like 10 o'clock. And we were not even able to leave the ship till around 2.30, 3 o'clock. 
So we were there a lot longer than intended. <laughs> and I know some people that took the Disney buses to the resort. Yeah, so they, not only that, but then they were in traffic. And I guess, you know, it was just a lot of bad luck. And they were there were so many people that they were stopping at like five or six resorts. And it was people had tickets to the Christmas party and they didn't even get to the resorts till 8 p.m. And so it was very not a great situation. And we were actually waiting for we were going to Universal after our cruise. And so we were waiting for an Uber and that was taking forever to come because of, of traffic. And we talked to uh, one of the Disney people and they said, well, we can get you on a Disney bus right now. And then you could get there and just like Uber over to Universal. And we thought about it. And I was like, I, I don't feel like that makes sense, even if we have to wait longer for the Uber. And I'm so glad we did because I'm like, we could have been on that bus for three hours. <laughs> so like, I would say if there's something that you like, if you're very pressed for time, or you have like really planned out your schedule, I would probably look into other options. But if you're like, Oh, no, this is just our cruise arrival day. And it doesn't matter too much how long it takes or, or anything like that, then I think, you know, Disney is, is a good option in that case. So is it pretty easy to get an Uber? Because the ports, I mean, it's not super far away, but it's not like it's very close to Disney. So I mean, is there, but no issues like kind of getting Ubers back and forth? No, it's pretty easy. They I mean, yeah, you pay for it but right <laughs> at that point we just wanted to get there <laughs> okay yeah because i know i mean when we were in disneyland um and then we were trying to go up to universal like nobody wants to take that traffic you know yeah. like it, we had a lot of ubers cancel oh, on us and yeah things, so um but i guess uh, florida they're probably used to going back and forth hmm, i think i don't know i think because it's it's far enough and they yeah and they make enough money for it so <laughs> good i i guess any other kind of tips or, or planning advice that, that maybe we didn't cover? I would emphasize again, like how much there is to do. And just like Disney World, you're not going to be able to do everything in one cruise. So figuring out a couple of priorities and, and making making sure that you're able to see and do those things is a good strategy. There's so many neat spaces that like we haven't even mentioned on the Wish that you can discover. There's a couple of bars or lounges that are really well themed. They have the star Wars uh, bar there, uh, hyperspace lounge. Like that was, that was neat to see and have a drink there. They had some really unique drinks and totally like, I love that it's star Wars themed and it's completely different vibe from Oga's like totally different. <laughs> and, and I would say take, take time to enjoy some of the smaller entertainment, like some of the best things were just there's piano players and small like singers and performers that'll just play randomly in like lounges or, or places throughout the night. And like, there were some awesome like little shows or singers that I saw that I really enjoyed. Uh, there are characters on the ship. They do photos. You line up to meet them. Those can get, very crowded and really long lines to me it's like how much of my cruise do I want to spend standing on a line right yeah so I don't very often another just a quick question um since you love the food too there are places you know are there places like in between meals if you're like I didn't eat enough 
in the meal <laughs> and I am so in need of a snack right now. And then also, if there are, are there any snacks that you've tried that you're just like, oh my gosh, I, you have to try this. It is so delicious. Yeah. So there are, there are a couple of really good, good places. Um, so up on the pool deck, they have Marceline Market, which is where you have the buffet for you know, breakfast and lunch and lunch is open for a fairly long time. So you can also just go in and get a snack. Um, but the pool deck also has a number of spots outside that have kind of quick foods. There's a place that does like burgers and fries. There's a pizza place. There's actually a salad place. And then there's, um, soft serve ice cream, which is really good. They do not just vanilla and chocolate, but they have fun flavors that change. Like there's like strawberry and banana and, and other stuff. Uh, and that's all included. There is, however, a place that you do have to pay a little bit extra for, but it is called jo- Joy's Sweets and Treats or something like that. It's inside out themed and it has like cupcakes and pastries and also like fancy gelato. That was really good ice cream. There, they also have room service that you can get pretty much anytime. I think it's 24 hours. So you can get snacks any time of day. So come hungry and just do laps around the ship just to burn <laughs> it off in between meals. I should say uh, for you two as well, um, including Mickey bars. Oh, nice. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so exciting. Yeah. I think that maybe we're going to have to keep like a, like a How body count on yeah. the amount of Mickey bars Joe eats. I think you should. <laughs> All great, um, you know, insight, Becky, um, and planning tips. And if any of our listeners are interested in booking a cruise and they'd like to book through Becky, um, you can reach out to her at beckyg at castledreamstravel.com. We'll put her email uh, in the description as well. But but thanks, Becky. Um, thanks for coming on again. This has uh, been great. Yeah, thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll also mention quickly um, on my blog, disneyinyourday.com, I do trip reports for all of my cruises. So I detail what I did every day of the trip and you can find that for all of the ones I've done. I am posting the last one for the Disney wish uh, this week. So that'll be done soon. So if you want to kind of just see what like a day to day looks like for one specific person with my tastes, then you can check that out too to see what, what I did on my cruises. Great. We'll we'll link to that. Yeah. As well. So if you're interested, if any of our listeners want to kind of get more detail, um, on specific uh, itineraries. So thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. All right. So that wraps up our show for this week. want to thank Becky again for being on. Again, if you're interested in booking a trip with Becky, we'll put her email in the description, but it is G at castledreamstravel.com. I want to thank everybody again for listening this week. If you've not done so, please leave us a rating or a review. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. It really helps and we really appreciate it. Thanks for lending us your ears. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you here next Monday. Bye-bye.